Well, Doug, the people have spoken. And when the people speak, we listen. We listen. I did a poll on what people wanted to hear this week on the podcast. Oh. If we wanted to hear, did you even know this? Do you, do you watch the stories? I weave in and out, to be honest. <laughs> do you watch the Instagram stories of no, your do, own of nonprofit? Course. I do, of course. So I did a poll that said, would you rather hear infertility and hope, which we will still do, still on the docket, docket um, or infertility and grieving differently? Oh. Because most of the time, that one, that one. That's, that's the one that people want to talk about. It was a pretty tight race. Mm-hmm. Hope lost by like maybe ten percent, so that showed <laughs> Story me that, of my life. that um, <laughs> infertility and grieving differently. We have lots of opinions about because yes. we shockingly processed and grieved infertility differently. Shockingly, shockingly, I obviously grieved it the correct way, right? And I did too. So that led <laughs> us to a great place. No, but you know, the majority of the time when you are struggling with infertility. It's a partnership right? in some capacity. Yeah. It's a partnership. Yes, there's some that do that on their own, but the majority of the time, it's two people going through this really traumatic event together yeah. Yeah. and you're going to be on different pages. And for me, I feel that like- That sucks. Why do we got to be on I know, different pages? I know. You could. Maybe not everyone Sometimes is. you are on the same page, but I would say that most of the time we're not on the same page yeah. when it comes to- Something happens and then you look to the person you're doing this with and you're like, what do you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> right. For me, I feel like I was so selfish. I was like, I'm dealing with so much decisions, fatigue, um, financial decisions, emotional distress. And then I would be like, oh yeah, you too. Like you're processing <laughs> something and then it's going to be different. And how do you make, when is it like, I feel like for me, when was it okay that we were grieving differently? And when did I feel like it was a problem or mm, I wanted yeah. you to do it how I want to do it because I think my grieving is the correct way of grieving. I feel like I was a little, I was like that a little bit. Yes. With there you, you go, everyone. A window into our relationship. A window in. The way that I was grieving was the correct way to be grieving. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but when is it like, okay, to, to, I think that's a phenomenal question and I'm glad we're going to do a podcast on it. When Thank is God it okay? Like, what does it feel like? When is it okay that we're really processing and experiencing this differently? And then when does it become a problem or does it ever become a problem that we process things differently? What a great question, Jesse. I think it's a really good question. And I think it's something that I struggled with a lot mm-hmm. because I really think still... <laughs> working on it that my Maybe way in today's podcast we will get to the bottom yes. of these feelings yes so here we go infertility and grieving differently welcome back to the infertility feelings podcast your place to process cry and laugh about infertility we are so happy to have you here and we really hope you enjoy today's conversation To begin this conversation, why don't we start with the feelings that come up when we are going through something like infertility? And there's so many things that we do go through in infertility. Tests, trying, the monthly just insanity of trying to get pregnant, struggling to get pregnant. Maybe you're going through a treatment. All When you're going through all of that, at times, when we look at the person that we're going through this with, they're experiencing it differently or they're processing it differently or maybe something bad has happened and they're grieving differently. Let's just start and get a good understanding of what does that feel like when you look across the table and go, what's wrong with them? How come they're, or what's wrong with me? How come, how come we're experiencing this differently for you, Jesse, 
when we would go through something like that and maybe you would look at me and I'm not responding the same way that you're responding. The right way. <laughs> yes. What did that feel like for you? I feel like before infertility, I feel like we didn't have a lot of things that we were grieving at the exact same time yeah. or the exact same thing. I would um, say there wasn't an overwhelming amount of things to process. We were, that were doing life, you know, yes. just doing life. But yeah. I would say there was, but it wasn't both of us. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. It. Yeah. It happened to one person. Yeah. It's time. like, oh, I had drama at work. Oh, I needed to leave this job. Oh, I had this friend got mad at me. So I'm like sad about it. I need to process. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like in that dynamic, it's very much like you are grieving and I am the support. Mm -hmm. And then the other person's like, you are grieving and I am support. Yes. We had some things that were the same, like loss and stuff like that, but it's like, nothing to this catastrophic of a level or nothing of this heightened a level of like, oh, both of us are experiencing this trauma and this thing that's really emotionally exploding. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that was an interesting dynamic. You almost could say it was the first major thing that happened to us as a couple. Yeah. It was like the first thing yeah. that hit both of us. Yes. Okay. So the question still stands though. What did it feel like when you looked at me, this thing is hitting both of us. We've had experiences of giving each other, you know, the appropriate time to go through something and be a support system for that person. Yeah. But now it's happening to both of us. What did it feel like for you? Back then, I wanted you to be on the same page as me. Mm. I feel like I've had some growth since then <laughs> to be like, I am going to be, I am going to experience this different and you are going to experience this different. And the way that we grieve and process is going to be different. But I feel like back then, I, for me personally, when I am grieving or processing something or in, in a situation like that, I am going to feel immediately. Mm. I am going to be in the well. I am going to dive head first into the feelings. I'm going to dive head first into the process. I don't necessarily want a lot of energy to like go to the next thing. Like, I feel like I am just going to be like, I need to be sad and feel it all almost in my body. I'm very like, it's almost tactile. Like I can be like, I'm going to grieve now and be like, I'm grieving. And sometimes I don't need, it's not even something that I choose. It's just how I experience grief and trauma and process is I yeah. feel it immediately. And I feel like I was in it. And then I looked at you and I think for a while I just needed support a little bit. Like I needed support, but then it was like, I feel like it made this turn to be like, wait, why aren't you doing exactly what I'm doing? Mm. Like, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you like, in the depths of this with me and you almost have energy to like keep going. Right. And did you, I would did judge you resent you. me? You would judge me. <laughs> I don't know if I would say resent. Let me think about it. No, I'm judgmental. Okay. I wasn't resentful. I think I was judgmental and maybe this is resentful and wondering if you felt like you not feeling it the same as me made me feel like, do you not want this as much? Hmm. Or like, and almost like wanting you to sit in the pain, like almost like wanting to bring you down with me. Like yeah. that will make it that you feel the same, feel the same way or the heaviness or all of it. Yeah. Is if you were sitting right where I'm sitting or feeling right where I'm feeling. Yeah. Sitting. Go back and talk about it made you feel like, do you want it as much as I do? Or did it? Yeah. I just, that's what I wonder. Did it make you wonder, are you really into this? Yes. Do you feel this as much as me? Do you want this as much as me? If you're not crying, why are you not crying? 
Yeah. Why are you not crying? This is such a big deal. Like almost wanting to convince you that it was a big deal because you are a slower processor. I almost was trying to like save you to be like, in three months, you might feel this way. So right. let's process this now and like almost be like, we need to process this. We need to grieve this. But really that was just me making you grieve how I wanted to grieve. So maybe it's like more like a sense of like judging or like a protectiveness a little bit in a way. But I think I felt like I'm doing this right. Yeah. And you're avoiding. Did that make you sad? Or what? did it make you frustrated? Like, did you go more angry? Like, oh my gosh, this guy is so annoying. Or did you get almost anxious? Like, oh, am I alone? Or did you feel sad about it? Or I think I was angry and I think I wanted to convince you that it was as bad as it was. Hmm. I wanted angry, to be like really angry. I was like, ang- a little angry at me. Yeah, yeah, a little angry at you. Like I need to, I need you to be on this same page. Like I almost need to have you experience this exactly how I'm experiencing this. Yeah. Because this that's going to show me that I don't know if it's we're in it together. I never felt like I was like not in it with you, but maybe maybe a little bit emotionally. Yeah. Emotionally not in it together. That, the, make, that makes sense. I don't feel yeah. like you abandoned me in the process right. at all. I actually felt like you were a great partner with that of like, we're in this together, but maybe like emotionally, I don't know if I felt like we were in it together. That could be the core of it, that you felt emo- emotionally alone, maybe, you know? Yeah. And I think with maturity and going through well, so... I didn't, I didn't mean to make you feel emotionally alone. We'll get to how I felt later, but this is what I, but that's, never, it, that's like, really interesting. Yeah. Let me let me just clarify. You were always really good support in me emotionally. Maybe this is more it. And I, if it was, if I could really break it down, I probably wanted to be that support for you. So I felt like if you're not doing it like this, then I almost can't emotionally support you because okay, yeah. you go inward. Yeah. when you are grieving and yeah. processing. And so I felt like, I never felt like you ditched me. I felt like I'm like, how do I support you? Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes a ton of sense. So, yeah. And I feel like why I was trying to convince you to be like me is because I wanted to support you like you were supporting me. Yeah. And I don't, I never, I never felt like our grieving happened at the same time. Or it never matched up. It never matched up. Yeah. Still to this day. What day is it? <laughs> <laughs> like it hasn't matched up. And yeah. now I feel like with growth and a lot of therapy, I've been able, it's actually been a really great thing because uh-huh. I feel like you're able to support me and then I'm able to support you whenever you get around to it. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's interesting because it, it matches a similar experience that I had in, in terms of I felt like I wanted to be there for you. But again, I have the tools that I have and I have the process that I have. Yeah. And it felt like it didn't match up. It felt like, okay, I'm going to go sit in the well with you and be really sad. But it felt like I was doing that for you, yes. you know, and, and it didn't feel like, oh, I'm right down here too. And we were almost co-grievers, if that makes yeah. sense. It, yeah. it felt like I was being there for you in a very real way. But then also knowing I need to process this and grieve this. And I think we were each wanting to be the support system for the other person. Yet we just, we had such different styles or such different backgrounds or habits of grieving and processing things that it was, we were always kind of like one foot in the other person's world, you know, which was good. And we were there for each other. But I do agree that it was a discovery, I think, for both of us to realize, oh, Jesse, you process things in the moment that they happen and you are very much so 
emotional with the way that you process them and the way that you cry and think and, and feel sit it. with and you feel it. I and, feel it. And I'm very, it comes across as like distant, but I think I'm very cerebral. Like to me, there's just a million thoughts to have. I have a bajillion things to think about. And I, there, there are emotions that go along with it, but they, they pop up along the road of me thinking, you know, it's like this very long thought process and there's emotional moments along the way. And they're smaller than my emotional explosions. You know what I mean? Like when those things pop up, I feel like it's like smaller. It's like, I was thinking about this today that we will never be able to name our child. And I'm like, I'll think about not naming our child, me not breastfeeding, me not giving you birth all in the same moment. (laughs) And yours is like more like a pop up. Like, and they're just smaller than my emotional. And I think to be fair, there's many reasons why that happens. Right. I think probably if we could even categorize a few of them, I think the one of them would be personality. I think that's probably the most easy one to understand. For me, my personality, whatever you could call it, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, just my, you know, who I am. I'm a, I'm a very much a a processing thinking type person. And I spend a lot of, I, I I see the world through thinking about the world. And I think you're a more a feeling type person and you're a more experiential type person. So you Mm -hmm. experience the world by feeling and experiencing Mm -hmm. emotions. Yeah. So I think personality is a huge one, but I also think probably maybe tied with it is the way that we grew up in the past that we have, like the family system that we're a part of. How did we process things when we were younger? You know, Mm -hmm you know, what specific things happened to us when we were younger to make us process like that. Mm-hmm. We're probably not in your mid twenties or thirties going to automatically switch to a different system. So we're probably right. carrying over those systems. Yeah. And then I think it's a, the probably the last one I would say is the relational dynamic that you've set up with this new person, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what experiences have you had with that person that what, what are you falling into in terms of roles of, oh, I take care of this person. I do this. this and th- there, that's a whole new dy- dynamic that is affecting the way that you're processing. Right. So when we say, oh, I do this, you do that. It's not just like that. There's a lot going on there and probably more yeah. than we could even get into on this podcast, right? which we get into on other podcasts, but there's a lot that goes into the way that we grieve. But I think the reality that we were on, we were doing it very differently. You were feeling every second of the way. And mm-hmm. I was thinking every second of the way. I, can I give you the perfect example of a Doug and Jesse grieving situation? Yes, please. Our second adoption fell through. It was a Friday night. I will never forget it. We were out to dinner at Ruth's Chris. I'm sure that everyone that's listened to this podcast have heard this story a million times. Darkest moment. Yeah. I would say really dark, compounding grief of infertility and adoption grief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that whole weekend, I did not move from the couch. Yeah. Like, you just I sat went, there and cried. I just sat there and cried. I watched shows that had nothing sad about it. And I just would bawl my eyes out. I would watch like <laughs> Monsters, Inc. And be like, oh my God, Bill. Like I just was an absolute wreck. But then, and then I felt like I had a lot of time in that weekend that I did nothing. I just stared. I just stared and cried and felt. And yeah. I felt the weight of that couch. And I have this very distinct memory. So distinct. Then I'm on the couch. I'm like, I don't even think I have anything on. I'm not playing any music. I'm just staring out into space. And I look over and Doug, you're cleaning our vacuum. (laughs) Deep cleaning the vacuum. Yes, correct. Deep cleaning. Like that vacuum you could have eaten off of like a plate. (laughs) 
And I remember thinking even then, and I think I said out loud, wow, Doug, we grieve so differently. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think you had cleaned the house immaculately and like watered our plants and like all this stuff. And it was just like, oh my gosh, we grieve in process differently. <laughs> Back then I would say that I would, I think I was afraid that you would never get there and probably controlled it. Like I only can, um, probably tried to control it or cultivate like an environment to be like, this is so sad. Isn't this so sad? But I feel like what I've learned is it's not necessarily that it's a bad thing. It's just that you are a slower processor. And I think just to, just to highlight that same scenario, yeah. what I'm trying to do in that scenario is get myself into a place where I can think. So to me, yeah. doing something with my hands, cleaning something, organizing something, cleaning, deep cleaning a vacuum cleaner yes. puts me into a space where I actually feel like I can be in my head and think about things. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put myself into a processing mode. So I'm doing all of that stuff so that I can, you know, be taking books down and cleaning them. And as I'm doing that, I'm thinking through what all just of, happened. Yeah. I and mean, I'm thinking through everything that you're thinking through, but it's for me, there I have a different way of accessing it yeah. for you. It's just there. Like it's all laid out in front of you mm-hmm. and you don't have to do anything to get it. It's yeah. just there. So you watch Monsters, Inc. And it's just like, as you're watching it, you're just picking things up off the table. Like, oh, this, uh, oh, this. Uh. For me, I'm like, it's there, but it's just harder to get to. So that's why I'm three hours in cleaning something going, oh, wow, this is a, this is actually how I feel, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're, I think we're each just trying to get to the things that we need to process, but we have different ways of going about it. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting though, because you look at me and you're like, will he ever get there? And I'm like, I am, I am getting there. Yeah. I'm doing it. But it's in such a different way than you may think it is. Right. Right. So Doug, what about for you? What was it like to be in this situation of infertility and grieve different than your partner? I think it's, it was different for me. You know, I, I, I'll say this, you were a little bit like, I think you said anger, right? It wasn't like anger, but a little like frustration of like, why are you not grieving the way that I'm grieving? Like, how Mm -hmm. is this not hitting you? Mm -hmm. Are you, are you invested in as much as I am? Judging. I was judging. Judging. That was the word. Because I feel like I was right. Yeah. I feel like the way, so the way to do, not only do I think it's right, the way to do this is the way that I am doing it. That's the way that we're going to get to the other side is if you just feel, if you just feel it all right now. And I feel like we've grown a lot in this area, but that's what I was doing. That makes sense. And I think the one for me, when I looked at you, I did not judge you for crying and processing and, mm-hmm. and, and being so emotionally into it. That did not feel like that. Um, what I felt like was missed a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. It, for me, it feels like I was just a little missed or unchecked, you know? Cause it was like, well, we have to, you know, you're pr- like, you're in this. So I want to be there for you while you're in it yeah. and talk and be there for you. Obviously we've grown a lot since then, but even, even then there was this desire to not come in, swoop in and fix it and be like, well, we're going to try to do this thing. I, just, I wanted to give you space to process what you had gone through. But then after we had sat and talked about all of that, mine, my thoughts were so cerebral, were so mental and took so much time and so many words that it felt like, uh, who has time to talk about say, what I want, what I'm thinking about? And like, nobody has time for that, you know? And is that on you or me? 
me, or totally me, because yeah. I'm assuming that you don't want to talk about it. Because it's or, so funny, yeah. the way I sat in the room back then, I would have been desperate yeah. to hear what was going on in that little baby brain of yours. Like I would have been like, tell me, tell me. Like, I, cause I got defensive when you said that you felt missed Yeah, because I'm like, I felt like I was like, tell me, like I just went and dumped all this on you. Yeah. What, what are you feeling? What's this bringing up for you? And probably in a desperate way of slightly trying to control, but like, I, I feel sad that you feel missed, but I almost feel defensive of like, I, I wanted to hear what was going on. And I think the root of that, that almost like miscommunication is that we're, we, it was different the way that we were processing. Yeah. I felt like my processing and the way that I was thinking about things would have come across as insensitive mm. or, or like not the right vibe of the room, if that makes sense. Mm. Even if, if you can say it like that, where yeah. you're processing and pulling up emotions from like your guts and like yeah. thinking through things, I'm like, Oh, I'm, my, my, what's going on inside my brain is so different. It will feel like almost offensive to this situation. So let's just give it at another time and space when things have calmed down. And then we just, I just wasn't good at coming back to it. I, you know, once I had figured it out in my own head, I didn't feel this overwhelming need to go and communicate it. So, I mean, really it's all, all of it. A lot of it comes down to the, the other person, the, the person assuming that the other person doesn't want them to grieve the way that they're grieving or right. is, is experiencing something differently. So for me, I, I just assumed that, well, we had spent time grieving together. You were grieving. Mm -hmm. We don't need to spend all this time diving into what I'm thinking. That's you know? sad, Doug. I, but I feel like that's actually something that we've worked on our entire relationship. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've told you multiple times, I just don't want the update. Yeah. I don't want the update. Like I've thought about it. I've, I'm, I'm acting like I'm you. I've thought about it. I've processed it. I've cleaned the vacuum. And this is now where I'm landing on instead of being in the experience of, of that cleaning the vacuum yeah. with you and getting and knowing your brain and stuff like that. No, yeah. I think you've gotten better, but that was especially heightened back then. Totally. Of just like, I feel like I'm just getting like the update of like, this is what I processed. And this is what I think about this now. And I'm like, Oh, that would have been yes. nice to be a part of that process of you yeah. grieving. But, that. that's but, I, where, but yeah. I understand that it's difficult. Mm -hmm. I understand that you're not, that's like where that's like, like messy blurry line is of like, I understand that you're not like me. Like that's not going to get you there. Like if I was like, Doug, act like me, be in the fetal position on the couch and be crying over a commercial on TV that has nothing to do with sadness. Like, you know, like that's right. not going to get you there. I feel like no, because it's just not what's it's not matching what's my internal world is like. That's right. not what's internally going on for me. And then, yeah. So then, the, okay. Can I bring up a separate topic? I think sometimes when someone is like this, like you, like me, and again, I want to go back and say there's multiple reasons why someone may process the way that they yeah, process. Yeah. I think sometimes someone who's more emotional. And, and crying more and processing in the fetal position, all that kind of stuff may look at someone like me and say, well, that's because you're unhealthy. You have problems in your past. No, you I have, would never say that. <laughs> you have problems from your past. You have all this unprocessed stuff and you're just stuffing your emotions. So you should be in the fetal position on the couch. And, and if you don't feel like that, how can I help you 
deal with all of these problems that you have so that you will match what, what I'm experiencing. And that is a very interesting position to feel like someone's doing that to you. When you get, when, when I get a vibe vibe, when I get a feeling that someone is judging the way that I'm processing and, and almost borderline hinting that I'm unhealthy, I get very defensive and it makes me go, well, then you're the last person I'm going to bring into this process because it's going to feel like I'm some type of cold hearted, robotic, you know, weirdo. And you're just going to be judging me the whole time as I talk through and think through all of these things. So it's, it it doesn't feel like a place where I'm going to be understood. So then I keep you at arm's distance a little bit. Have we highlighted the main problem here with this? Yes. I cannot say that I haven't done that. So I will say that. (laughs) What you have experienced is accurate. (laughs) But that's a fine line in fine dance for me. Right. Which where I feel like I have grown is not having it look like, like literally physically look the same. Mm -hmm. But it's a fine line to want to be in the process with you. So how do you pull some, that part of someone out of them without making them think that you're trying to pull out some emotional response. Yeah. I, you, I just want to be in the thought process of you getting to a place of grieving, basically. But how do you, that, that's just a fine line. That's just a fine line. And I feel like that's what I was back then probably did not so good of a job at, but now even still trying to figure out like not wanting you to match how I'm experiencing the situation, but be a part of your process. How do you <laughs> do that? Yeah, I would say I have grown and and I think we have both grown. I yeah. think this is also a, a difficult thing in our dynamic re- within yeah. all really in all relationships yeah. is when we we are just we are different people and we different do things differently i would say we've both grown and that we understand who the other person is and we value that person for the way that they are mm-hmm. and there's a dual acknowledgement that we all could be growing and we all probably have pockets of unhealth right, right? right. i i i'm hesitant to say that you know oh well if you just you know, you are not, emo- not, if you're less emotional and you process very cerebrally, well, well, that's the best. And you, you know, you should never really tap right. into your emotions and, and, oh yeah, never cry. That, that, that would be too far of an extreme on that end. Right. I, I do think there are moments that where tears are appropriate and we can right. cry and feel the emotion of things. And we need, if we're less like that, it's probably good to pull ourselves into the emotions a right. little more, a little more. Right. And, and that that's a healthy thing. Not, not to the point where we feel like we're forsaking who we are as a person, right? but to acknowledge, yes, I could step into the emotions a little more. Right. If we're more emotional and I don't want to, I'm hesitant to say emotional because ev- yeah. there are emotions on either side. Maybe outwardly emotional. If we're outwardly, um, um, emotional. Yeah. I think you, I think everyone gets, well, the, I can speak to that. I think everyone gets the picture of what I'm saying. And I can that. speak to that of like outwardly emotional. I could be stuck in the emotions forever. Yeah. Okay, like that that's, could yeah. be the fear or mm-hmm. like the thing that maybe crosses over to one health is exactly what we talk about. Annie talks about our Dr. Annie, you know, on our podcast multiple times has talked about like the shelf, like you have to be able to put your feelings on the shelf. And for me, I could take them off the shelf all the time and not put them back on the shelf. Yeah. And for you, you could leave them on the shelf and have them be a dusty brick. Yeah. So and it's, we, like, yeah, and it's totally. like, so I think, I think what we're saying is like, 
no way is right or wrong, but in the way you process, there could be things that you could probably watch out for. And for me, it could be that I don't have them off the shelf all the time. I have to have them back on the shelf, like, and be able to like have a job or like be able to have me and you be able to go out and, and talk about something else or deal with something else. You know, yep. And, I, and, and, I think and for we, you, yeah. you could leave it on there forever, and not have any emotional attach, outwardly emotional attachment with it. Yeah, that's why I'd say, as we've gotten older, I think we're both the way that I view it as we're working towards the middle. Right. So it's not that like one person is more emotional than the other. We all yeah. have emotions. Some people are, have them more outwardly. Some people process process them more cerebrally. And then there's no two that are the same. So we're right. all over the place on that. But I think that those things realizing that we probably all have pockets of an unhealth and we could move more towards the center. So for me, when I look back on the whole thing, what's going on there is that I, I probably could, yes, move towards more emotion. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that I could probably be better at in general is welcoming people into my process. I think if you're a person who's very outwardly emotional, welcoming people into your process is not your problem. Not my problem. <laughs> like if, they get, n- if they get near you, they're in your process. Right, right. Like they enter the room, you're they're in your process. Yes. That's why you've always say like, you can't hide your emotions very well. Yeah. I can't hide my emotions with anybody. The lady at the grocery store is like, you're having a sad day. I'm like, I am. <laughs> but yeah. So if you're more internal, more an internally processing person, I, I think we could definitely work towards trusting that people want to be in our process and right. inviting people into our process. So, so I think for you, if you felt it's a long way, that was a long way to answer the, this question. Mm-hmm. But if you say, but it wouldn't be the infertility feelings podcast if it wasn't true. the long way to answer true. the question. So if you say you felt almost like a sense of, Oh, I'm judging you. Why are you, grieving differently. And that's what it felt like to have someone who grieves differently. I felt for me, it felt like I was missed, but then also I judged myself a little bit for not inviting you in. And I, and the way you say like, Oh, I, I don't, I want more than the update. It did feel like I was always updating you on what I thought about. And I, and I would say, I probably should just invite her into what I'm thinking about. But then you have to overcome the feeling of like, well, what if that's, what if what I'm thinking about is offensive to this person? It's like, well, then you got to be kind and gentle and do this, do those things with all the tools that you know how to care for someone. But having the bravery to invite people into our, into our processes is a huge part. And then having the humility to know that if someone grieves differently than you, that's not an evil thing. There's a bunch of factors that go into why that happens. And I feel like just to answer the kind of the question in the beginning that we had of like, when is it that the grieving is just not happening and probably needs growth? And when is it that just the person is different and grieves differently than you? Um, And I feel like that's exactly kind of what you put it, like more knowing how you grieve and knowing, is this, am I allowing anyone into this process? Yeah. Like for me, I feel- I think that's a good- point. Yeah. I think isolation is a, is a sign of, um, so, people should be able to be in your process, right. you know, right. whether it, whatever your process right, is. Doug. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Uh huh. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Brilliant. <laughs> what great <laughs> advice. I should take that. Yes. You should take your own <laughs> advice. But I think that's a good sign. I think, you know, in, in terms of a lot of different things when it comes to mental and emotional yeah. health and growth, yeah. can people be 
can people interact with it? Can people be involved with it? And if yours, and if your process is, uh, it's, it's me, I do. I, and I just, gotta, I gotta do this thing by myself. And obviously there's parts of it that are by yourself, but if I got to do this thing by myself and uh, I don't know how to involve anyone in it, that might be, there might be something to work on there. Right. You know, I think in both ways, in both ways, if right. you are emotionally where your emotions on your sleeve and you mm-hmm. can't hide them very well, like myself, you know, if no one is in that process with you, if no one is seeing that part of you, that's also isolating. Yeah. So I feel like as long as you are moving and trending away from isolation when you are processing your grieving, whatever that is. If you are like more like Doug, where you're just thinking about a lot of things and the thinking is where you are processing. It's like, let someone into the thinking. If you are emotionally dealing with a lot and it's all outward and it's messy and it's, you know, all over the place, allow someone to be in that process with you. I would just say for someone that is like outwardly, um, like how you said, you could feel um, that someone wants you to be bigger or different in your yeah. emotional way that you process things. I felt like I feel that too. I don't want anyone to tell me that I can't be acting the way that I'm acting. So if I felt like you were judging me for how much I was crying or judging mm. me for my spiral a little bit, because uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that like says things in their spiral that they really don't mean, mm-hmm. you know what I yeah. mean? But like, I didn't want anyone to answer any questions. Like, I feel like I could, he- I can see myself being like, and I'm never going to be a mother. It's like, it's not particularly true. I mean, that is a fear. Absolutely. That's a fear that I had, but like, maybe that's not necessarily true, but I don't want you to answer any of those questions. And I don't want to feel judged for feeling really big in my emotions. And if I feel that I will shut down. Yeah, I think and I will said, not let yeah. you in. To you the said process. it perfectly. You said no one wants to be told the way that they're doing it is wrong, and say so force you to do something else. You know, right? I think that's the sense of honoring the other person, right? Or we have to do that. We have to honor the other person. I also think if I could just say, probably a bigger topic of just mental health in general, mental wellness. Mm-hmm. Mental health is something we have to work on. I think it's yeah. like physical health or it's like, you know, all types of health. It doesn't just happen. You know, you don't just like, I just hope that it happens and then you're, you know, you're good. I think it's something you have to put effort towards and you have to understand how you are. You have to understand your past, what has happened to you, your rhythms, your habits, how you view the world, all of that. Right. So if this is the first thing that's hit you as a couple or as a partnership that, that are going through this and it just really hurts and it's knocking you down in all of the areas of mental health. I think it's okay to have the humility to go, let's investigate everything. Let's think about who I am as a person. How am I grieving appropriately? Am I looking at everything appropriately? And therapy is a great place to do that. So I think looking at at a therapy session and thinking, this isn't weird to do while I'm going through infertility right? or even as you're getting started with infertility to go like, Oh, this might be really hard on my mental health. Maybe a few sessions with a therapist to just think about how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Right. A a process group, even uh, meeting with a group of people to say like, this is what I'm processing. Or someone in your life, your community. Even if it's a couple friends and just saying, yeah, I've been going through a lot right now. And I've just been thinking about the ways that I care for myself. You know, I, I think, investing in our mental health during this season is never a bad idea. Right. And it, it's a good opportunity to put ourselves in the healthiest position 
to be able to grieve through something like this and then also navigate the difficulty of grieving differently right. than the person that you're going through it with. Yeah. And give the other grace. Yeah. You're going through something really emotionally heightened. And for some, this could be the first thing that you were experiencing together that is at a magnitude of process and grieving of this magnitude. Yeah. That sentence didn't really make sense, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I think people understand what I'm saying. I think a good place to start when you are trying to figure out this process of grieving and grieving differently and processing this huge emotional thing that has now hit your relationship would be, you can ask yourself or your partner, are they grieving differently or are they not grieving? Mm -hmm. And talking to them about their grieving process, not like me judging them for their <laughs> grieving process would probably yeah. be a great place to start. Like if you're looking at yourself or you're looking at your partner to be like, am I grieving? How do I grieve? What is my process? And talking, especially if it's the other person, what's that been like for you? And, and that would be a better path than for me and what I did to be like, you should be crying. Yeah. You should be as sad as me. Why are you not crying all the time? Why are you not sad? How come you can go to work and be totally fine? Like, that's the path that I did and it didn't work out great for me. Because <laughs> if I look back, I just was thinking that you should be grieving like me instead of, I wish I would have been like, what was, what's your grieving process like? Or what have you been thinking about? Or what have you been grieving and going down that path? I totally agree. I think that really is the answer is just to investigate who the other person is. This is your opportunity to investigate who this person that you've partnered with this person that you've committed to do this with who are they and what is their process thank you for listening to the infertility feelings podcast a show produced by the nonprofit uniquely knitted this is your place to process cry and laugh about infertility we are so grateful for all of our amazing donors that we have who support our work if you would like to learn more about how we serve the community and support the work of Uniquely Knitted, we encourage you to check out our website at uniquelyknitted.org. If you enjoy this podcast and would like more people to hear it, please give us a rating and a comment in Apple Podcasts. This is just the best way for more people to hear these conversations. If you need to talk to someone about your feelings and you are hurting, please reach out to us. We are here to help you. If you would like to learn more about our unique process groups and talk to Doug and I, please follow the link in our show notes. See you guys next week. <laughs>